Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, huddle up, huddle up. We're going to crank these engines up on one, on one. All right. What did he? What is it? Drivers, start your engines. This is the finish line. I approached a great offensive line in the past. Larry Little, Dwight Stevenson, Jim Langer, all Hall of Famers, and Richmond Webb belongs in that same group. Here are your hosts, legendary Miami Dolphins left tackle Richmond Webb, Reason, and Mr. Ballgame. What is good, Fin Nation? What's good? It's your boy, Reason. We are back here for yet another one, another episode of The Finish Line, and we got a jam-packed one tonight. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, the legendary Richmond Webb, the triple OG Mr. Ballgame. This is the first time we have gotten together live since the Boyer firing, and we got a lot, a lot to discuss. Because it was something we were discussing the day before. We're going to kick it off. We're going to get into the Fangio stuff. But before we do, as always, gentlemen, how are you feeling on this week as we head into the brisk final days of January and into the early days of February? How are y'all feeling? Well, I'm feeling good. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I feel good uh, heading into the uh, – AFC, NFC championship weekend. The games have been good. The only disappointment is, is we're not playing in it. But um, like I said, we've made progress this year, but I'm not going to really get into that. But just happy to just watch some good football. And um, other than that, and let's get into this news um, about, you know, what you got coming up. So I'm, I'm sure it's real juicy. So um, I'm just waiting to see what it is because, a lot of times we get hit hit in the mouth with whatever you got to you don't share it with us. So I'm gonna just roll with the punches. But other than that, I'm good. See my man, Mr. Ball Game, down there. Look like he in a mighty good mood today. What's up, Mr. Ball Game? Yes, flyer than a piece of paper. Good, man. Good. Good. Glad to see you guys, man. Oh well, you know, <laughs> it's um, I'm I'm looking forward to a very positive off season, man. So I'm in a good mood, man. I think. Um, the team is in a really good space right now, you know. Um, things could have probably been better throughout the season, but for the most part, we we you know we accomplished we accomplished one of the goals, and you know at this point now everything else is pretty much on par for you know continued success. So I don't have no no no, no gripes about it. That they're gonna make the right decisions to do the things necessary to maximize the potential of these players, and you know as long as they make smart moves and moves that make sense. Then I think you know we're gonna be happy with the end product. So anxious mm-hmm. to hear what he got to say. I'm anxious to hear what you got to say as well. You know, so 
Let's get to well, it. Well, what, what I'm going to tell people is if you aren't already, go sign up patreon.com forward slash finside the NFL. I dropped a massive fan show update last night about the four teams that I've been told are interested. I also go into detail why they're interested, how it works, all of that. Also, I doubled down on what I've been hearing in regards to Sean Desai and Vic Fangio in the same report that I posted yesterday on Patreon. It's also, you can become a channel member on YouTube. And if you are a channel member, it'll be under the community tab. I doubled down about what I'm saying in terms of what I'm hearing about, because I'm hearing it even further that if Sean Desai does decide does not get a promotion, he isn't going to come in a potential lateral movement or better promotion under fans. You'll be his right-hand man in Miami. But also in that same report, I mentioned a third name I'm hearing as part of that staff. So go check that out. And then tonight on the Patreon, I'm going to have an update about the name I'm hearing who the contingency plan is for Tua Tungvaloa that's being eyed by, Michael McDan- by Mike McDaniel and the staff. I'll also be dropping... After midnight sometime tonight, my Three Take Thursday, which is a Patreon-only content. It's a 15-minute video. I'm going to give in three takes on the defensive coordinator search. Hell, I might even save the, the nugget in terms of the quarterback contingency plan nugget for that video, which will be Patreon-only. So anyways, that'll be coming to the Patreon tonight, patreon.com forward slash finside the NFL. Also, please smash the like button as you come through. Let's get into this. Let's start it all off. So, gentlemen, okay, we're going to go through chronologically here what people woke up to, and we're going to go through a couple things here. So, Dolphin fans, they woke up this morning to this, um, what, to this first report here. And, um, this first report from Ian Rappaport um, was very interesting in terms of it's deeper and it plays off of what I had a bunch of people tagging me saying reasons, right? Again, reasons, right? Again. Um, and here is what Ian Rappaport said right here. So going to here, associate head coach and defensive assistant, Sean Desai and former Broncos head coach and longtime DC Vic Fangio are both interviewing for the Dolphins defensive coordinator job today. Sources say, why does this matter? Because I've been telling everyone since last week, like I just mentioned when we opened up here that I am hearing if Fangio comes here, Desai is going to be coming here. I said in my report yesterday, I went into depth about this interview. This interview is more than a defensive coordinator position. All right. This is more than, than just about defensive coordinator position. And I go into depth on the Patreon about that. So, gentlemen, um, right now, what is sitting in front of you is today, and you don't got to be Sherlock to put it together, today, what a coincidence that we interviewed the mentor and his number one protege in terms of with what I'm saying about them coming over here together. Now, Richmond, you know what they do in these kind of interviews. It's not just, hey, are you going to be defensive? They're interested in Vic Fangio, and he's their he's a protege. Everyone knows that. They're going to ask about Vic Fangio. They're going to do even more background research about Vic Fangio. And another conversation that I believe was had was, wink, wink, hint, hint. If Fangio comes here, are you open? Are you willing, if you do not get a promotion to come here, 
and listen, that's the thing where Fangio gets a head coaching position in a couple of years, Desai gets promoted, or Desai could get promoted underneath them to a defensive coordinator, another team. Um, your guys' original thoughts before we move on here when you woke up and you saw the report, because as you can see, this was fairly early in the morning right there. You see the timestamp right in front of you, right? We're talking about 618 in the morning, 518 for you, Richmond, long before you're watering your tomatoes on a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, what are you guys' original thoughts? Because, <clears throat> listen, I know you guys have been following the news. All weekend we had heard what? From different reports, different outlets. We're going to be aggressive after him. We're going to be aggressive after him. I think this shows different levels of aggressiveness. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, I, I had to uh, look up Sean Desai or Desai, however you say his last name. Mm-hmm. I wasn't for sure, but um, um, I saw where he worked for uh, Fangio at Chicago. I guess that's where he got his start. Yeah. And it was saying he's like 39 years old, which is good. You know, Fangio 65. And uh, I think if I'm if I'm going to be a, a coordinator for a team, I do want some say-so of who the guys that's going to be on my staff as far as defensive guys, who I can bring in, who I can't, this and that. And then, you know, like you said earlier, I think it's a, it's almost a safety net that, you know, if you bring safe, Fangio in as a coordinator, Fangio is a hot name. So even if he's a coordinator and that improves, he's going to be back out there. People will be looking at him for a head coaching job. And then yeah. that could, you know, decide could transition right into the coordinator's job or vice versa. So um, it gives you some options, but, you know, if I'm a coordinator, whatever, like that, I do want some control of who the guys is going to be working for me on my staff, this and that. So um, it makes perfect sense. Um, when I first read it last week, those were two names that I heard. But until I kind of researched it a little bit today, I didn't know that, you know, Fangio was his mentor, which makes sense now. So uh, what you're saying makes a whole lot of sense that, you know, this is for the, for the defense coordinator job, but also – a possibility to say, okay, what type of what type of control am I going to have as far as, you know, putting my staff together, this and that, it, it makes perfect sense. And I think with a guy with Fangio and his record, and, you know, he's been in the league long enough that he should be able to put his staff together because if you're going to let me fix it, let me fix it with the guys. I know it's going to come in and implement what I want to do. And I'm sure he'll retain some guys off of the, the defensive staff, but, uh, it just makes sense to me. So, yeah, I, I, I can see that happening. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, ball game, your thoughts? Because, listen, we're not going to drop the name, but I told you guys the na- the third name that I've heard part of Fangio's staff, and we all love we all love Sam Madison. But, you know, Sam Madison's job can be in jeopardy. He could be out the door if Fangio walks in unless, you know, they find a, a co-role for him. What are your thoughts on – Fangio potentially bringing in, you know, not only Sean Desai or even Sean Desai as the contingency plan, but also, you know, this, this, the, the names that I've told you that I'm hearing privately. I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts on? Cause I haven't really got to pick your brain about Fangio and Sean Desai coming here. Well, I think across the board, this will be a two for one, a big one at that, because, you know, it, Fangio being, you know, long in the tooth at this point, 65, that is, that's not to say, the guy really is going to be trying to stay around for another four or five years. So um, who better to turn the reins over to than his, you know what I'm saying, than his protege. And um, 
I think a lot of things um, can speed that process up. But at the same time, you know, you, the Dolphins don't lose in this position. You get all the experience of Fangio. This kid, you know, I won't call him a kid, but it, uh, the side gets to go in and continue to soak up knowledge from him prior to, or even if he decides to stay, that just makes it that much more impressive. It makes it that much more better for him. But in the, in the long scheme of things, it improves our position because now you know you got, you know, saying true experience coming to lead this young group of uh, very skilled players we have on defense. You know, and that's probably the one thing they were lacking with Boyer. So yeah. Um, well, well, we know that. You know, I'm gonna say and I think we'll be able to get pressure with four man fronts. Yeah. Like, like this is a conversation, and you know, we'll talk about we'll go in depth on it and have because it's, it might be a kind of uncomfortable conversation for everyone here. If Fangio comes in. What do you do with Brandon Jones? They love their two high shells, but you got to be able to be a coverage guy. You, you, would you make him a hybrid linebacker? Do you keep him just package specific? But all of a sudden, you've got to void. If even if you miss on Fangio and bring Desai in as a contingency plan, you know they love those two high shells, confusing quarterbacks, out of looks, the cover zero stuff, the stuff that. He excels at. He's one of the best blissing safety. All of a sudden, that's kind of irrelevant in what they want to do. They're not aggressive to those levels. So all of a sudden, Brandon Jones, who looks like a scheme-specific safety who could just become package-specific in a Fangio or decide defense, right? I, for me, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's a lot of truth to that. But I think Brandon is um... – I'm not saying get rid of him. Enough, I'm just saying. Yeah. And no, no, open enough to the possibility that I think there's still a lot of tweaking that can be done with him to give him the tools necessary to make him a guy comparable for what you need back there at that strong safety spot. I don't, I mean, if he was 27, 28 years of age, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's too far gone. But, you know, where he is right now with the right tutelage, I think any player between the age of 23 and 26. You can still you can still yeah, get them yeah. to correct yeah. a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. you know, um, and yeah. get the guy to play to a level that you're comfortable with. That's just my opinion. Any good coach that really yeah. considers himself a good coach should be able to No, you're take not that lying. That's what get... that's what that's why offensive coaches are very reluctant with these older quarterbacks that are twenty five that come out because they're pretty much almost set in their ways. Stuck. Yeah. You know, exactly. you you maybe got a year or two to fix that and you better fix it all because by 27, 28, that shit's pretty much locked, right? Like, you right. know, you're, you're stuck in your ways. It's hard. And then, you know, we, we from time to time, defensive coordinators, right, nowadays they're doing a better job at getting guys that can be completely versatile and do a lot of different things. But there used to be that you get a guy that all he want to do is stick his head in there and get dirty, so you made him the strong safety, and then you didn't require him to have to cover much other than an unathletic tight end. But if there was a running back, that was a threat then you'd find another guy a little bit smaller shiftier or hope that you know saying the guy can just hold well, on for your life but you could use you could use brandon jones in box package situations while using Ron mckinley or needham if you can't find a mm -hmm. uh a replacement because eric rogers isn't the guy oh, anymore coverage Right. Right. Anyway, so right. so continuing on this is what jeff darlington said we got two things from jeff darlington here gentlemen Jeff Darlington, um, just not too long after the tweet I showed you this morning, at about 640, about a half hour later, said, McDaniel and Fangio have a really good relationship. 
I always saw this pairing as an eventual likelihood, and it could have happened last year when Mike first got the job. But Fangio has a lot of interest elsewhere now. We'll s- Guys, who was, the, who was the only person in this community reporting that this is who Mike McDaniel wanted last year? And Greer blocked him. It was this guy. And, you know, now you're seeing these mainstream guys hitting with it. And I'm telling you, the mutual interest, they have the same agent. And I, I, I'm, I, from what I understand, the agent wants them together. And there's intrigue. Fangio is very intrigued. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go even a step further. And this is no basis of anything I've heard or no, but I just got a gut feeling. Listen, Richmond will back me up on this. You do not turn down promotions in the NFL. I couldn't have been the only one who looked at Daryl Bevel and said, you turned down two different promotions. What do you know that I don't know? What has you so confident that you're saying, I'm not going to go. You could go be the OC and the commanders. They could draft a guy or you could bring up Sam Howell has a lot of good tools. And they got a lot of weapons over there. You could be that OC. They got a great running game. The Jets. The Jets are a quarterback away from having a scary offense when Brees Hall returns. Dolphin fans don't want to hear it, but that's the truth, okay? Garrett Wilson won Garrett Wilson won rookie of the year and on Sauce Gardner won defensive rookie of the year. They won offensive and defensive. There were your guys. So clean sweep by the Jets. All I'm saying is. Those are appealing if the right if the right pieces get put in place and they're only a, a, they're each a quarterback away for Daryl Bevel. Anyways, my whole point is, what does he know that I don't know? So, you know, that's why I'm that. like, uh, you know, yeah, I think he knows that with a with a healthy tour, you know, saying they're gonna reset the record books, and there's oh, nothing yeah. better than going through statistically, make the run, win it all, and then now you can go set your own marker. You know what I mean? Even if he does leave after this too. year. The guy that had turned around to her, then yeah, what everyone thought you can write your own ticket. You can say, I would, you know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, that's smart, <laughs> that's a smart business, though. Oh, it is, and believe it is, and believing in himself, yeah. So, okay, give me a thumbs up if you guys can hear this just to verify. This is now what Jeff Darlington said this morning on the Joe Rose show. I want you to listen, okay, because they'll open up and they'll talk, and Jeff Darlington get right into it. And it's only, it's only about a minute and a half, right? So, just give me a thumbs up. And was bugging you. How you doing? More Joe. Yeah. I'm back. I know you're back. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, no problem. So Vic Fangio, uh, you mentioned that Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio had some kind of relationship. Is there? Yeah. They've known each other. They've known each other. And, and I know there's a very strong mutual respect there. Um, in fact, last year, uh, it, it was my belief that had they, uh, not stuck with the their defensive coordinator, yeah, that, Coach Boyer. Yeah, that, that that Mike McDaniel would have targeted and likely landed Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator. So, um, I, I mean, I, to me, even last year, I saw this as a scenario where if, if Boyer didn't succeed, um, that this could potentially happen. So we'll see. I mean. The problem here is Vic Fangio has a lot of suitors now. Yes. Uh, he's, he's pretty red hot when it comes to the, a coordinator job that many teams currently have open. So, you know, we'll see if it still works out. Um, but, but to me, the established relationship could go a long way here. Yeah, so so we we're just talking, and you know everybody's fired up today. We got to get Vic Fangio. We can't let him leave. We got to do whatever. Well, money's not going to be an issue. You know Stephen Ross going to go like, 
hey, the guy's good at what he does. Let's pay him if it's about that. Um, will it be he's going to look at the talent, the core of talent, which he got really good players. Second of all, does he does he does do coordinators look for control as far as free agents that I want? I'm gonna have mm-hmm. a chance to get draft picks. Is that important to Vic Fangio? I don't necessarily think so, but don't forget he's got Chubb who he coached. Um, Bradley Chubb, you're so, right. So uh, who he coached in Denver? So I, no, I, I mean I I don't think that these guys push too hard, nor, nor do I expect Fangio to be that guy. Uh, knowing Fangio, I mean, look, if if um, if the connection is there with Mike and they believe that they can do something special, they'll just do it. Money will be right. To your point, Steve Ross in these situations is uh, is is underestimated um, when it comes to his willingness to spend money to win. Um, so that's one of those areas. It ain't, it ain't a salary cap hindering you, you know. So I think that they'd be willing to pay him. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll honestly, I don't want to go too far here, but, but I would be surprised, honestly, at this point, if um, I, I mean, that might be going too far, but, but I, I just think that I think there's a decent likelihood that this could happen. Wow. Okay. So we put, come on guys. He caught himself and stopped short. <laughs> and what was he going to say? I'd be surprised yeah. if this doesn't happen at this That's point. That's exactly Jeff Darlington right. was about to tell everyone, and this is a man plugged in with ESPN. Jeff Darlington, very plugged, and 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 what else? Like two key things. What did he say? If Mike had his way last year and he didn't get stuck with Boyer, what? paraphrasing, but if he didn't get stuck with Boyer, Fancho would be our defensive coordinator right now. And now he's saying at this point, I, I'd be surprised if Fangio was not the guy. What? So. You know, it's 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 getting to crazy. It's getting to it's getting to real real levels here. And he mentioned something about Ross's about Ross's checkbook, right? We know it has no ends. We know they'll make him the highest paid defensive coordinator if they have to, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to, see, and we right. all know how plugged in this lady is. Did you guys see what Josina Anderson said this morning? Mm-hmm. This is what Josina Anderson said this morning, gentlemen. Uh. So this is four hours after the original report that he's interviewing today. Vic Fangio is a lead candidate. The in- And look at, she even used interview in quotations, gentlemen. Interview. Look at, even the interview will be more than that. Expected to discuss terms and conditions as well. Is. Mike McDaniel has a strong affinity for him again per league source. Again, we'll see what Fangio's response is. They are doing. You know what we need to talk about here? Even if they don't land him, gentlemen, they are doing what Flores never did, right? They're doing what Flores never did. They are putting everything on the table to get the other side of the ball that the coach isn't as well-versed on right. And you've got to give them their props right now. You've got to give. The Miami Dolphins are across 530 of you in the room. Please smash the like button. Richmond, ball game. Your thoughts before we go a little bit further here on the Fangio stuff. Well, I, I mean, I think um, you want to go first ball game? Go ahead. Uh, that, you. that whole the, that interview thing for me just basically outlines if I if I'm if I'm looking at it, you know, my eyes wide open. Just says basically it's his job. If it's, it's his job, and 
if he don't want it, then that's fine. But like they, they're basically laying it out for him and letting him know, like, listen, we need this is who we, you're who we want. You know what I'm saying? Tell us what you need. Tell us what we need to get this job, this thing done and accomplished, so we can move on to the next phase of rebuilding in this offseason. Because you know what I'm saying? You abuse. You you've always been my guy, and I want to make it official. You know what I'm saying? The money is not an issue at this point. They have to go through the interview process, really. That's what it comes down to. That's probably why she put the quotations in the interview. But Mike knows who he wants. And I'm 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 100% confident that Ross will make it happen if he can. It's on Fangio to decide if he really wants to take the position or not. Or go do something else. But, you know, uh, if, you can get, if you can get head coach money as a coordinator. <laughs> Which is what he's probably going to get, Why right? not? You know what I'm saying? And live in yeah, Miami, yeah, so, And live in Miami, I mean, right? Yeah. Tax-free. Well, at least state income tax-free. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what else do you Richmond, need? Richmond, your thoughts on this, especially with the media, because you know who's plugged and you know who's not. And Jeff Darlington is a guy who started in the South Beach – South Florida media and he's worked all the way up and he's plugged man. And uh, what are your thoughts on what he's saying? And uh, does it, is it one of those things Richmond where it's, it looks like it's becoming, are you where he's at where it's becoming more and more real? And at this point, you'd be surprised if Fangio wasn't the head coach. I mean, sorry, wasn't the defensive coordinator. Well, like ball game said, you know, the way she phrased it, I, I think the, the thing that you said also is to have the same agent. And, yeah. and to me, that's huge because, they got a relationship, even though they got the same guy. So, um, and, and, and the third thing that that I think Dolphin fans need to be appreciative of is that we have an owner that's willing to go out and get what's necessary to mm-hmm. fix. And it shows that he wants to win. And I know a lot of times he's done some things in the past that people criticize or people say, oh, he needs to sell a team or whatever, but he's not here just to own a team. He's here to win. And I think he wants to bring a Super Bowl to Miami and make this bring the glory days back. So um, I think he's full in. I think he's committed. Um, And uh, also what Jeff said was that, you know, like you said, you know, his hands was kind of tied with Boria. So, and Greer probably said, okay, let's, you got to at least give him one year. Let's see if this thing works out. If not, you know, we can play your way. yeah, it plays your way, but like Balkan said. Like, like yeah. I, answer me, I mean, is it a real thing? Like, answer me this, because I've always just assumed it is, because I knew even at lower levels it was. But is it a real thing where did McDaniel, even though we were 9-8, and eight, but did McDaniel gain some, like, you've dealt with owners, you've dealt with GMs, you know, a Garfinkel who, who's a team president, but in, in his hand, you've dealt with these kind of characters at the highest level. It. it is it a thing where McDaniel earned cachet with that playoff berth where, okay, we'll listen to him. We not, not only do we know that Banjo is a, 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 a mind, but a, a genius defensively, but this kid clearly knows what he's doing with a, you know, he did something we haven't seen in seven years. Like, is it something where that kind of stuff will gain you cachet in the owner's office? I, I think it earned him that even before the playoffs, I think, when you see the transformation in our offense from the previous two years and you seen, you know, the expectations he put on Tua, you know, if you remove the um, the concussions, you could you could easily say Tua, I'm not saying he would have won the MVP, but he would have been probably right there in the conversation as possibly top yep. five quarterback. I mean, he was he was on that trajectory 
unless it just mm-hmm. fell apart. And the only thing that kind of slowed that down was that. So when you see you get that type of production, you're like, whoa, this guy just got here and it's paying dividends already. I mean, the playoff was good. Yeah, that helped. But uh, bringing in guys like uh, Tyreek and, and you seeing all these guys progress, all these guys come together. Yeah. Um, whereas the energy is different in the whole building. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that. And and they said, hey, let's let's get this guy what he wants. So yeah, and, and he comes from a, a good tree, like you say, he comes from the Shanahan tree. So yeah, like yeah. maybe they do but things. He did what hadn't been yeah. complete. He did yeah. essentially what they've been trying to do for the past two seasons, though. He got you in the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah. that in itself is enough for them to look at it and say, man, why not? We've tried everything else. Let's give the guy what he needs. And they all know it. it not like they all respect Banjo. No Fanjo is so like, well, the kid's smart enough. He's probably onto something. No. And guys, again, I had a huge update on all the four teams I've heard are interested in Fangio and why. Patreon.com forward slash Finside the NFL is right below there. Tonight, I'm going to have an update about Trey Lance. And after midnight, I will be dropping my three take Thursdays video. And it'll be three takes on the Dolphins defensive coordinator search. So you're going to want to check that out. I'm either going to drop the Trey Lance info as its own part, or I'm going to drop it in that video, patreon.com forward slash inside the NFL. And if you are a YouTube channel member, you have access to the insider info. If you go check the community tab, you will have the Fangio update. I give you an update on the four teams I'm hearing, plus a third coach, well, a third coach, on the staff and the second one that Fangio wants to bring over behind Sean to say, go check it out, become a channel member or join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash inside the NFL gentlemen. So we have gone through all of that. We've heard they're at the stages of negotiations. It still <coughs> goes back to what I've heard. And, and this is what I've been telling everyone for a week. Our, our biggest roadblock, and they are one of the four teams that you will read about on the Patreon report, our biggest roadblock, and I've been saying this for over a week, and now outlets are reporting it, are the Philadelphia Eagles. He's Pennsylvania-born. He went to university in, in Pennsylvania, okay? And he's a defensive consultant right now for the Philadelphia Eagles. As everyone knows, he he interviewed. He was going to become a defensive consultant early February. He's interviewing with San Fran, and he decided to go to Philly, right close to home. If Gannon gets a job, and I'm hearing there, there's the biggest possibility for Gannon to get a job is a Texans job. D'Amico Ryan, Sean Payton, from what I'm hearing, that's done in Denver. It's not Payton's not going to Denver. Right now, Denver, their two top guys I'm hearing are Dan Quinn and D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryans and Gannon are the two top contenders in Houston. The two top contenders I'm hearing in Indianapolis right now are um, Jeff Saturday and Raheem Morris. And then um, Steve Wilkes and who was the other name? Steve Wilkes and one other name I heard for, uh, it's not Gannon though, for Carolina. So um, anyways, um, yeah, it's going to come down. I think it comes down to, I think it's going to come down to us or Philadelphia. And listen, one thing for me that seems more appealing to me is we got a way younger roster. Like he's going to have to turn over that defense. Fletcher Koch, all those guys are old, right? Mm -hmm. Even Darius Slay. Isn't Darius Slay like 30 or 31? 
right? Like he's yep, Brandon he's Graham, like X's all age, those right? guys old. Yeah, yeah, they're old, right? You're gonna have to turn that over. You know what I mean? Like you could come here and hit the ground running, just fix that second level. You know what I mean? And you know what? One of the really big reasons I want Fangio boys, he's gonna fix that linebacker core. They're gonna go buy a Tremaine Edmonds. They're gonna go buy a or Levante David as a stopgap, and, and they're gonna spend capital and fix that. So, um, listen, it, it's 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 gonna be very interesting. And like I know people keep asking, why isn't this done? Why nothing can be signed, sealed, and delivered? And I've been telling people this as well until the Eagles are knocked out. Right now, he's a defensive consultant, and he's really hands-on with the game planning. He will not make a move until the Eagles are out. So do not expect a move. So today, they could have negotiated the contract, agreed on terms. You can come to an agreement, but you can't announce anything, and you can't sign anything. So for anyone wondering, that's where that's at, okay? So they could have agreed on everything, but... You know, and I, I don't like that. I want them knocked out as soon as possible. I don't want people. I don't. The sharks will. The sharks will will circle, brother. Right, right. But, hey? And at the at the same thing, you you want the same respect if someone's recruiting someone off the dolphin staff, um, and you're in the playoff. You want them to to really spend their energy yeah. to to finish the job that's at hand. Yeah. So. You're in the you final four, be, basically, right? You got it. Yeah. You got it, right? You got. You got to be a little patient, but, but yeah. I, we'll I hear you, up. brother. If, if if this is the guy, and we can go ahead and get him signed. That, that would be that would be a beautiful brother. thing. So yeah, come on, Brock Purdy, let's go get it done, brother. Go get it done. <laughs> Handle business, huh? Right, because that keeps D'Amico Ryan's, and that keeps a bunch of jobs afloat still, because D'Amico Ryan's will be coaching in the Super Bowl. Beautiful. Let's go. You know. Mm. Right, so then Gannon can't make a move because it's him and him and him and what's his face for the tech. It's Gannon and Ryan's for the Texans' job. And if D'Amico still got to go right. play the Super Bowl, and you got to wait for the Pro Bowl week too. Woo! We got a two-week window, baby. <laughs> Let's get it done. Get it done, bro. Slide in, eh? Like like it's after midnight, you know. Slide in and shower off the shower off the perfume, kid. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right and then later on to continue <laughs> yeah i bring back memories ball game what happened there hey it looked like you went haywire <laughs> all right so oh, and later on announcement that happened guys just in case keep everyone updated um chris richard the co-defensive coordinator for the saints and db's coach he got a request and is expected to interview for the Dolphins coordinator job as well. Remember, if I remember correctly, ball game in Richmond, it didn't it come down to like him and Flores. Yeah. Right. Came down to him and Flores that cycle a while ago. So, wow. How the mighty have fallen, but, um, you're, you're, it is your thoughts. I wanted to ask you your thoughts on that because I mean, there's guys like Mike Zimmer and, there's 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 legitimate four three guys out there in terms of with head coaching experience ball game, you know John Fox. You could go. Mm-hmm. What, what what are your thoughts? I mean Lovey Smith really. If you want to go four three two, what what are your what are your thoughts on uh, Chris Richard? Because he is a great young mind. I don't have an issue with him. I thought he was. I, yeah, yeah I, I think he's a lot um a lot like McDaniel's in terms of innovative thought processes and uh, ways of going about trying to attack offenses and stuff with new age. Um, new age concepts that you know, what I'm saying are unique to him as well. You know, um, football 
they say you can't reinvent new things in football, but these young guys, man, seem to be really, really, really um, on top of making their looks and things and how they go about attacking offenses look completely unique at times. So, you know, a lot of stuff gets recycled over and over again, but when you see stuff that they're bringing from old school, revamping it and putting it in a new, you know, putting new twists on it, that just keeps the game inviting. And it keeps, it keeps players too engaged because, you know, if you're out there just running basic cover three, or you running basic cover three blitz, you know what I'm saying, all game long. You get bored in that. But if you got guys coming from all different directions and you still got coverage all over the board and you got athletes that are willing to take the challenge to make themselves better and not just be one-trick ponies, that makes the defense fun. And these guys, these young guys like Richard, Richard, Richard um, that's what they bring to the table. Now, now Fangio is an old soul with, with a new-age flair. To how, he, to how he goes about creating pressure. So um, that's why I don't mind him. You know what I mean? At 65, that's a wealth of knowledge that uh, he he got two or three years. He got two or three lifetimes of knowledge combining one individual. And he, mm. he probably forgot more football than most people ever remember. So, you know, um, I don't know, man. I just think this is a great place for the team overall to be in because all these guys um, bring their own unique twists. Um to the defensive side of the ball and they can all be effective as long as guys buy in, you know, and they've proven it over and over again, you know, so it's, it's, um, it's a good space for us to be in. I don't think we can really go wrong with the name unless you choose the, the guy clearly at the bottom of maybe a 10, 15 player, 10, 15 list name, but who's going to, why would you have to go get that guy when your job is so sexy? You know, yeah. um, yeah. this is a very sexy position right now to be the Dolphin defensive coordinator. Um, Mm. People knew boy he was gonna get canned, but you know, um, yeah, Ross will give you all the opportunities to prove that you are the person. So somebody taking the job doesn't necessarily they have to go into it looking over their shoulder. They get an opportunity to hit the ground, meet the guys, and then develop this thing the right way. You know, so it is what it is. I tell my girlfriend thought she was gonna have to hear these guys back because <laughs> the season was over, right? Oh no! <laughs> yeah. over. And shout out to Matthew Rankin. He says thanks for the consistent quality content. The only channel with people who actually played and understand how team sport really works, and it's not like Madison Fantasy. Top panel with Martin too. Appreciate you, Matthew. Thank you for the support. Um, all right, gentlemen. The other big conversation this week um, has been Saquon Barkley. And it all started mm. with this. I mean, we can show you how it started. I, I show you how it started, and this should probably end all discussions. To, to be, but it started with Sportsline Odd Makers. All right, they 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 decided uh, that we were the number one in terms of odds at plus three hundred. And then everyone ran with it. Oh, the Dolphins are favorites. The Dolphins are favorites. Listen, I'm going to tell all y'all right now, do not get your hopes up. You are talking – I sat there and put my running back big board together, and I told the M Dolphin fan this, and I'll tell you gentlemen this. I am fine with anyone. Like, I got – you know, I did a mock yesterday. I got, like, Chase Brown at, like, 150-something. Like, you know, like – What McClintock go? I am – I, I'm. I, I don't know. I. I, I don't. I, I, I didn't watch. I just did a mock draft oh, and just focused on. Mock, okay. I, I got my top ten guys. I'm. I'm fine with anyone in my top ten. 
Like anyone, obviously, I've been talking about Zach Charbonnet for like two years on this channel. Yes. Me and uh, Neil have been talking <laughs> about him. So, like, I'm a big Zach Charbonnet. But like, I I really became a, a Devon A Chain fan. Slow Richmond, down, your, your down, boy, Pepe. brother, you get Slow that, down, brother, Slow you down, get Pepe. him. If that guy slips to the second round, you got to move and, some things. Go then get him. <clears throat> I would. That's, that's world man, you class get that speed. speed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. coming out of the backfield, man. Yeah. Man, that's that that could be crazy for this offense. Anyways, so that's where this started with Saquon Barkley. Now, furthermore, what people have said, what people have said, and what the reports are, is that Saquon Barkley has already turned down $12 million a year from the New York Giants. He said he doesn't want to reset the market, but he turned down $12 million a year. He wants McCaffrey money. Now, this is why, gentlemen, yeah, this is why, gentlemen, it don't work and why you ain't going to pay him. I'm going to show you this right now. Uh Okay? Watch this, gentlemen. Super Bowl winners leading rusher plus salary since 2009. The highest paid on this list was mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette making $2 million in 2020. Percy Harvest in this. 2013 had two and a half. Look at this. Blount, back to back. Sorry, three out of four years in a row, and the guy made just over $2 million in those three years combined. Yeah. Is this not further proof that we are, you are not going to spend – 15 million, 14 million on Saquon Barkley, who also listen, it's bad enough. We gotta we gotta get a contingency plan in here for Tua because he's got availability issues. Now we gotta have a contingency plan for the running back. Yeah. I don't know about that, gentlemen. So your thoughts on I mean, because this evidence is I I don't want to use the word damning, but I'll use the word damning. That's pretty freaking damning when you look at the money that's been spent. What boys, let's count up all this money. What is that? Saquon Barkley for one year? All that money added Basically. up right there? Hey, am I lying yeah. though, Richmond? I'm not even lying. No, eh? it, well, well, the running back position is just not – it's, it's value up, yeah. up until like, you know, maybe four or five years and they normally move off a guy and just get it. Yeah. The money has shifted to the wide receiver position. So, um, yeah, like you said, I, I don't see the Dolphins paying that kind of money. I mean, I – he had a great year this year, but he's had some injury issues as well. And um, I just don't see that happening. You know, like you said, he don't want to reset the market. But if he don't, he wants to probably do it somewhere else. I mean, I'm, I don't have uh, Mr. Ross money or whatever, but I just don't see that happening. So I, I wish him well. Yeah, I mean, he, want, he wants what McCaffrey got, but McCaffrey does so much more than just run the ball, bro. Like, it, it's he's he's a unique he's a unicorn right now like so yeah. to try to compare yourself to him is is really doing yourself for this service i love they, saquon they i want people to realize and i know ago. you know i know yeah. you know this i love but, saquon but <laughs> 15 right. million dollars i don't love him that much yeah, not 15. yeah. sorry no sir you know Mm-mm. you know there's something <laughs> about you know uh, anyways yeah. so um well, my dad yeah, said that dog, that dog will not hunt. Well, if you go read Sportsline's article about why they made us the top odds, it's because we, it's because all of our guys are free agents right now. Free That's agents. why we got no one. 
Uh, it's even Salvin Ahmed, right? He, he's a restricted free. Uh, he was on a restricted free agent deal last year, right? So, right. ball game. This one's for you. It, this one's for you, ball yeah. game. Knight. He asked Poyer question mark, and the reason why he's asking that ball game is because of this. I'm kidding y'all with them from. I'm blindsiding y'all like you didn't even see me coming in, bro. All right. Um, this is what happened on Instagram. Someone said, we need you in Miami. Pair you with Javon Holland would be crazy. And Poyer, Jordan Poyer, liked it. The safety from Buffalo. And we talked earlier about if you bring in Fangio, you're going to need another safety. Now, would you line that up with like because Holland's on his rookie deal and you like and and Byron's money's leaving? Okay, and by the way, everyone watching 581, the first episode live on Finside the NFL on Thursday nights of Fin Too Deep with me and Neil Driscoll will be tomorrow, and we will be dedicating a portion of that show to the salary cap. And wait till y'all see what we got in store. I don't want to hear no one talk about the salary cap till after you watch us tomorrow night. Anyways, continue ball game. Your thoughts. Because people want to know. All of a sudden, this is the new play. People are like, oh, you know how it is. It's free agency. So anyone shows any interest. Dolphin uh, fans just gush. What's I ain't with thoughts? it. You ain't with it. Money? No, nah, I'm not with it. Yep. Yeah, you're going to get paid. He's not going to yeah. come cheap, first of all. And I just feel like um, if, if Jones comes back healthy and then you go and pull the trigger and bring a guy like this in, you're stunting Jones' growth some, to some degree. You're never going to get the reps because you got to play this dude. you got to play him if you pay him. You see what I'm saying? So now you got your young guy who unfortunately was, you know what I'm saying, knocked out of the season for injury, but he's back ready to get back at it, and now he's got to play behind this guy who just basically spent all his money. I, I don't like it. I, stay, I say stay young, bring in somebody to coach him up, teach him what he needs to be taught, you know what I'm saying, and then you can prolong his career and the, the back end with youth as opposed to having to get this guy, bring him in, and then now you got to pay him. Just, I mean, you got to play him just off the fact that you just paid him a ridiculous amount. You know, that's Buffalo's issue to fix him. If he goes somewhere else out of the division, that's even better for us because at the end of the day, I think our guys are young enough and with um, – the coaches that could be potentially coming in, they can fix any issues we got in the secondary, and we can still arguably have one of the youngest secondaries, one of the young, young best secondaries in the league, in my opinion. So I don't, I don't, I don't just jump out there like that. You know what I mean? I like Jordan Poy for who he is and what he does for Buffalo, but at the end of the day, I think we can still get the same type of productivity. You know what I'm saying? From our young guys, as long as we just coach them up, and it don't cost you as much. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it, I believe it was someone. Now nah, Edmonds comments. is different. <laughs> it's it's one of my longtime watchers, Gavin Hatch. He's in the comments. You know yeah, that was that, his comment, and he Evan, even said that. Uh, even said that Poyer sent him eyes to his DM. Uh, yeah, Edmonds is different because that's a bigger need at, for the team at middle linebacker. But you know, I agree. Even that's then, what I got. I People, I want people punch. You know, um, I think they're they got they they real high on Tindall, man, and they got the guy watching all of Warner and Wagner's film. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. That was his whole thing to watch yeah. watch from the sideline, study, study, study because ball game. 
Ball froze. game froze. He froze up. Oh, oh, there we go. Oh, 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 Brandon, yeah, they had him in a limited role doing specific things, but I believe the kid can do so much more. So I'm gonna put my I put my bag, I put my eggs in that basket. I think he can expand his role and be everything we need at that strong space on that strong safety position. And him and Holly can give us years of top notch productivity together. So, hmm. what well, what are your thoughts on the on the situation, Richmond? Um, would you see them spending big money on another safety? Before safety, like you said, I, I agree more with, with filling the need at a linebacker position. Um, like you said, when you got young guys that are progressing, if you can get a guy that can, you know, be productive and continue to progress at that position that, that you feel really good about, I think you can leave him there and possibly draft another guy to back him up. You, you continue to develop guys because, you know, at certain points, you got to make a decision on – core group of guys you're going to keep it um at some point you just can't keep everybody that's that's why they have free agency so um like you said i I think the linebacker position is a bigger need and i think you know what do you do at the at the other corner beside x so you know it's it's some decisions you got to make that we made that too so um yep i agree Safety is important, but when you got a guy like Holland and then like 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 Ballgame said, you know, the way Jones was playing this and that, I think we can, you know, stick with him and it'll save us money, but we can spend that money somewhere else. I guess that's yeah. the way I look at it. I agree. And interesting, just so you guys know, this is what Jordan Poyer's brother said just like literally a day ago. LOL, LOLing at myself, knowing there's a possibility I'm gonna have to walk back my hatred of some of, of some teams' fan base this year. Sure, <laughs> division rival, don't it? Sure, mm. sound like a division rival, don't it? That's, yeah, buddy. That's why people mm. were running further with it. it. Sounds like he's going to division rival potentially. So that's why people were kind of running with it. Um, your guys' um, thoughts, I know I did it on Finside the NFL, my own. I had um, – I mean, I, I want your guys um, – your – Richmond will start with you. Who is your mm-hmm. offensive MVP and most improved? Um, for me, it was Tyree Kill, and my most improved was Tua Tagovailoa. Who is your um, most improved and offensive MVP this year? Yeah, that's that's what I had wrote down. You probably can't see it. But anyway, um, I said Tyreek Hill is the offensive MVP and overall MVP um, of the team. I, I think just um, the way he came in, I think he, he showed some of these young guys, you know, coming from Kansas City, his work ethic and this and that. And then um, I also knew that, you know, even with Jalen Waddle, he was pushing him to say, you know, you got to be better than me, this and that. And it was all about um, winning, this and that. And then when it came to the uh, most improved, I kept going through it. <laughs> well, a lot of these guys hadn't really played enough. So I said it, it kind of boiled down to two of because um, Austin Jackson got hurt. Eichenberg got hurt. So I was yeah. kind of like, man, where did I go? And I was like, Jalen Waddle, you know, 
he, he had a great rookie young, year. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I was like, uh, he, he was kind of consistent. So I, I said, but most improved. I think when you look at, you know, like we talked about, when we talked about it about midseason that, you know, you could make a case for Tua for MVP or Tyreek Hill, and um, just the way you know his numbers just exploded and this and that. I said, you know, Tua is the most improved and and. It was really how a lot of the fan base made a complete U-turn on on, on that on that kid, you know, because first it was like, oh, this and that, blah blah blah, and this and that. But yeah, that, that's what I had. And so I, I I don't know. I must have read your mind or something. I might have got a couple <laughs> of cameras over there in your house. You better be careful, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Russell says Edmonds, Bates, Bozeman, Mayfield. That's some of the free agents he wants. He wants Jesse Bates, twenty-five years old instead of um, spending all that money on a Poyer. And I would actually tend to agree with him on a Bates. Um, Kills says, reason if we cut Baker, would we have money to go get Edmonds? We'd have the money without cutting Baker. Tune in tomorrow night with me and Neil Driscoll. We'll show you exactly how. Listen, ball game. Who was your defensive MVP? And who was your most improved defensive player for the year? Oh, man, no-brainer, bro. Defensive MVP was Christian Wilkins, the man that everybody last season was wanting out of here because they said he was a bust. And now he's in the NFL record books at the most tackles ever in the season by a defensive uh, defensive tackle. So, yeah, yeah, for those people out here that were talking reckless, (laughs) yeah, 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 you, you already know. And then um, <laughs> just just his leadership, man. The guy turned into the guy turned into exactly a, an adult and grown version of who he was at Clemson when he led those guys to the championship, and they won they won it, you know, they won the national championship. It took him a couple of years, but I always tell people, you know, what I'm saying you, some things are some things are worth waiting on, and for him, and to watch him take this leap to essentially cement himself now, in my opinion, as arguably one of the top top three. At the position, and you know, in the heir apparent to taking over the legacy of an undersized guy like you know, what I'm saying Aaron Donald, you know, what I mean, I, I, can, I can see Christian's play consistently going to continue to be better. And you know, what I'm saying he's, he's just got guys around and motivated, man. He keeps the energy up, he's a definite, he's a definite without a shadow without leader on that defense, you know, what I mean. And for me, without him, they play completely different, you know, what I mean, if he wasn't on the field then you saw a different version of the defense. So he's definitely my defensive MVP. And most improved, it's got to go to the young gun once again, man, Jalen Phillips. Like, yeah. arguably, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I can't think of two players. I mean, you want to give Kadu his, you know what I'm saying, his his grades. But I'm talking guys that we picked that we expected great things from out the gate. Jalen has not failed. I mean, he failed early in the rookie season, and then he picked it up towards the end of last season. And out the gate this year, he's been consistently just getting better and better and better and better. And that's improvement across the board in his hand and technique and his um and his discipline and his eyes, you know what I'm saying, and his lateral movement and his punch at the you know, punch at the point of attack, you know what I'm saying, shedding blocks, all of those things he got he improved across the board to the point that you know, the number of, he didn't get the sacks you wanted, but shit, I, I take pressures because pressures affect affect the quarterback just as much. And in, and he arguably had as many as some of the top guys that had the sacks. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. he just got to close the deal. And I think in the third year for him, he's going to jump off the screen for folk. 
So those guys, those two, those two guys are for me the defensive MVP and the most improved player on this defense this year. And I'm ecstatic, man, to see what it looks like for them with an actual coordinator that's going to fire them up. And you know, what I'm saying, un, un, well, I want to get your, I want to get your thoughts on that on ball team. game. I, I want to get your thoughts on yeah. that ball game, okay? Because no one's heard you yet. I mean, I've given out my list, right? Like, I want to hear some of your. I, I asked you for your top five potential defensive coordinator candidates. I've given out my list. Obviously, Fangio, Fox, Wilkes, Marvin Lewis, Mike Zimmer, Lovey Smith, Joe Woods, Gerard Mayo, Chris Kukurik, Chris Richard, Eric Washington was on the list I originally put out. Guys, you can add to that are like. You know, you could go ahead and, um, you know, if, if you want to go after trying, you know, people want to bring out a Wade Phillips or or something like that. Um, you know, also Evero, the D.C. from um, uh, Denver, because they're going to get a new coaching staff and he might get. And obviously Sean Desai. Who are some of the give me five candidates, you know, that you really like um, for this job? Well. So for me, um, because of the youth, I mean, because of the youngness of our, our 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 head coach on that side of the ball, I always feel like there has to be and needs to be a balance, right? So if you're mm-hmm. gonna go young at that position and in in not as much experience on offense, you need somebody to stabilize your defense. So top guy right out of the gate for me is Fangio. Now, obviously, we can't get D'Amico because he's gonna probably be going somewhere else as a head coach, but the next. This guy for me would have been Lovey Smith, you know, and I like and, and it's Lovey Smith because of his experience in the league, and you know, what I'm saying the fact of the matter is that one thing's for certain, the guy has always been able to um, command the defense and get the most out of his players. You see, what I'm saying third, the third, the third potential person for me um, would have been um, my man that was a head coach at um, Cincinnati for a while, and Lewis Marvin Lewis. Lewis. But I don't know if Marvin necessarily won't have to deal with the, the politics of coming back into the NFL and dealing with all the foolishness because he had an opportunity. And I watched him for a period in time when he was talking to um, Fred Taylor and those guys on their podcast. And he was like, you know, the politics just took took the love of the game from him. So, But all of those guys have and fit the one thing that I know that you need to be able to balance off Mike, which is the experience factor. But if yeah. you're going to go young, then right yeah. at the top, I knew who this guy was, so it was not a, he was not a mystery for me, and I knew that you know what I'm saying there's certain trees that you need to be pulling fruit from, and you can be successful if you plant those seeds properly. And I'm okay with him, and I'm okay with Rashad because he was the second guy, he was a runner up to, to Brian Flores. So I know that those guys know what they're doing. They have well, you know, they're well respected around the league, and at the same time, they both go through the process of if player evaluation is important to them. Like a guy, they start with a guy from where they start a player off to where he finish up by the time that, you know, that player has blossomed. He's a completely different player. Nobody really recognizes him because those guys, put, they invest in their players, young guys and all. Like you, like nobody would have ever thought that Woolen, right, up there in Seattle at the cornerback position, you know what I'm saying? That guy was a fifth-round pick. Yeah, he was fast, but he was raw as hell. And look what it, look at him, right? He, he was damn near one of the guys that they were talking about, you know what I'm saying? Against South Gardner for Defensive Player of the Year, you see yeah. what I'm saying? But that's 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 buy-in, and that's that's those guys still bring that that fire and desire for coaching at that level. And the experienced and older guys, I think they can 
feed their knowledge into younger uh, assistants and get the most out of those guys as well. You know what I mean? So you get the still need a balance, but I would prefer to go experience, you know, have an experienced DC and then let Mike do what he's going to do on offense and then you balance across the board. So yeah, Fangio, Lovey Smith, um, Ty Bowles ain't going nowhere, so I didn't put him on the list. Then you got um, Marvin Lewis, uh, the side, and then for me, Richard, um, Richard out of um, New Orleans. Those would be my yeah. top five. Because all of those um, guys, they have they have the Rick, they have the Rick James man. They have that fire and desire. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's hope let's hope cocaine in a hell of a drug yeah, for, like for Chris Forrester. <laughs> All right, let's just, hope, let's just hope that <laughs> unity. Um, all right, uh, guys, your final thoughts on the whole defensive coordinator search. Um, you know, boy, the Boyer firing because you guys really didn't talk about Boyer as much. So, floor is yours. Final thoughts before we get out of here. Richmond <clears throat> will start for you and give me a prediction on how big your tomatoes are going to grow this. This this year, the thing I will say is, and 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 you and Paul Game was dead on on this is, we kind of talked about it, and y'all said you know it really didn't matter what he did the last game, uh, that we even though we lost to Buffalo in the playoffs, the defense played pretty well, but y'all pretty much said he was gone this and that. So, I mean y'all y'all hit the nail on the head, but. I think what I do like is the aggressiveness. And then what I like about what the Dolphins are doing, they're continually trying to upgrade to say, okay, how can we get better? Not just bring a guy in just to say, okay, we fire one guy, let's bring this guy in. They're truly trying to get better to say, hey, if we fix a couple things, we're right there in the conversation to be one of the top teams in the AFC to possibly get that push to, you know, make it to the next level. And I think that's what fans should really focus on. I know at times, you know, the little five-game slid stuff that got a little frustrating, but if you just kind of sit back and just look at what's going on and um, the way they did, I think they're going to target the right free agents, this and that. I think I think we're going to be in good hands. So we'll definitely have something to build on from uh, – you know, 2022 to 2023, and uh, I just enjoy the ride. I mean, yeah, it wasn't as sweet as we wanted it to be, but it it, it sure wasn't as bad as it could have been. So yeah. um, we're, we're in good hands. I feel good. Just just hang in there with us, and we're getting back to the glory day. So that's, that's all I got for y'all. Ball game, your final thoughts? I think for me, man, um, I expressed it all season long that um, there were things that there were, op- there were obviously moments throughout the season that I felt like the regression of the defense was just too much for him to be able to overcome and be that I being Boyer. Um, I didn't think even last year um, that he was ready for the, ready for the job just because of the fact that um, we were uncertain as to who was calling the defense when they were calling and that's different spurts and times. And you could see different tendencies that showed up and, I didn't think it was him, to be honest with you. I think it was uh, Alexander and Flores doing it. So uh, then you get a full look at him this year, and the regression is just too much to overcome, man. There's too much talent on this defense for them to have been as bad at times as they were. And then his situational 
um, his situational play calling was just horrendous, right? You play scared when you have chances and opportunities to be aggressive and, you know what I'm saying, really input your, you know what I'm saying, your, 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 your scheme or your aggressiveness, put it, showcase it, and you didn't. Yeah. And then when you did want to do it, you got burnt for it because you you, you telegraphed it. Like you can't yeah. in the NFL. You either gonna be out, you either have to be all in and be a bully about the process, or you're gonna be basically bullied all over the process by the offense and be pushed around. And we got pushed around at times when we shouldn't have. So for me, I'm glad. You know, what I'm saying. I mean, it's not a great thing for his family, but at the end of the day, somebody will pick him up. You know, but it's a business too. And you have to perform, and they didn't perform for two years in a row. They regressed, and you know, what I'm saying coming down the stretch, late stretch changes or things of that nature doesn't that doesn't rule out what happened in the entire totality of the season. And I just think that there was just yeah, too much stuff to overlook. That it's too uh, little, happened too late. With him and you know, players didn't. Yeah. yeah, too little, too late, and players didn't really. Under him, I don't think they progressed on their own because they're just professionals. They did. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then when you have your number one, I think the nail in the coffin was when your number one corner comes out and says, I still feel like if I'm put in the best positions, I can still play at a high level, but I don't believe I was put in no positions. And X said that. So that to me, I think was the last nail in the coffin. You know what I mean? And yeah. you go through the process of doing things the right way, give your best shot in the playoffs. But you know, this, this team is headed in the right direction. And I think, um, any decision they make at this point, whether if they don't get the say they don't get Fangio and they go with the side. Look at that Seattle defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll they had a good we'll defense. They kept them in. They kept, that defense kept in a lot of games because Geno Smith was not great at times, and the defense did their job week in and week out. So I don't think we can miss. Like I said, that's it's a sexy position, and only the you know only the, only the guys that truly know what there will be guys that we'll look at anyway. You're not going to just go out and just get some Joe Small off the street and say, you know what, oh, let's just give this guy a try. No, it's going to be somebody who's well-respected and well-regarded in the league, and you can't go wrong there. I think all of the names that I mentioned and the ones that you mentioned on the list are guys that can come in and do a better job with this group than than Boyer did, and that's a plus. And that's, you know, and that's an advantage for us back in the right direction. You know what I mean? And that's really all we can ask for, but I think – the, the stars, the stars, really bright for this this team, man. Making the playoffs is one thing. Now, it's about winning the division next, so you can be in one of those spots to host the game at home. And I think that we put Buffalo on notice, and everybody else in our division on notice that you know it's not going to be a cakewalk to beat us. And with a healthy Tua Tagovailoa, I don't believe anybody in the division going to be able to beat us. To be honest with you, because they struggled yeah. against Kyler Thompson. So, healthy Tua, you know what I mean, and I believe they're going to find the money, spend the money in the right spaces to improve both sides of the ball, and we're going to be as competitive as hell, and it's going to be a good year, good years going forward. So, um, All right, gentlemen. Um, Knight donates $2. He said, man, the schedule is rough next year. Second hardest. Um, That's what you want. Uh, here's the deal, guys. Tomorrow I'm going to be back with Neil Driscoll. And me and Neil are going to break down the cap. We'll do all that kind of stuff. I'll be live um, Friday or Saturday as well. Um, if you are a Patreon tonight, after midnight, late night, you can expect my three take Thursday to come out as well as either in that video 
or in its own separate update on Patreon, I am going to have an update on what I'm hearing is a contingency plan for Tua Valoa right now, what is being explored, what is being talked about, and there's one name in particular I am hearing. So I'll be going over that with y'all tonight, patreon.com forward slash finside the NFL. Um, for me in this whole Fangio search and this whole defensive coordinator search, listen, I know we all want Fangio, but people have to also realize that Philadelphia is in real play here. So, you know, the old saying is don't put all your eggs in one basket. I, I don't want people to just be let down and everyone else is trash compared to Fangio because there are some good experienced minds out there, but there are also some really great young minds out there as well who I think could do some special yeah. things with this defense. So I don't want people just to blow it off if we don't get Fangio because people need to realize the family ties and everything. I mean, you know, those Italian ties run thick when it comes to family. And out there in Pennsylvania where he's from, there's a lot of, a lot of family out there. And listen, like I said earlier, I'm excited about Fangio coming and the personnel he's going to fix. The changes he's going to make. I know someone asked earlier about, well, you got to get Saquon to get Edmonds. No, you know, Edmonds, you know, will weak side Edmonds. I'm sticking right in the middle. It Edmonds makes Jerome Baker's job easier. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And Jerome yeah. Baker could probably maybe find a next level to his game with a guy like Tremaine Edmonds on the second level. Facts. Right, yep. guys like that have a ripple effect, like 100%. how Teron Armstead had a ripple effect across when guys ben, line up next to him. Same thing. What were you gonna say, Rip Volume? Well, I just said Baker been out of position. He's been played out of position for the last three yeah. seasons. Yeah, he's a weak side in a four seasons, a, really since he's been yeah, here. He's a weak side in a yeah, wide side. nine four three yeah, in a four three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's not a scheme fit. They kind of been forcing it into. And to be honest with you, he's gotten better every year. And this is from a guy who's not a fan of the kid, really, in terms of his play. I got no yeah. problem with him personally, right? But this year was probably his right. best year we've seen in our in our defense, right? So you you just got to be objective and call it what it is, what it is. So, right. man, I'm just excited because I know they're gonna clear up. Listen, I got everyone wants to call for Greer Greer's head, but when him and Brandon Shore go from 20 million in the hole to over 60 million to spend. I don't want to hear nothing from no one because listen, this a, roster be doing this. What people need to be excited about from the coaching staff to the personnel that's going to be on that field. This roster is going to be even better than what we saw this year. And now my friends, if everyone can stay healthy is a very, very scary thought for the rest of the AFC, the yeah. AFC East, and the NFL. The Bills, brother, we caught up. Now we make the right moves. This is the offseason to pass the Bills. The Bills could lose Poyer. They could lose Edmonds. They could regress, man. And yeah, this is time. the offseason where if you make the right decisions, you can now pass them and become the cream of the crop in the AFC East. Massive, massive offseason for the Miami Dolphins. And it's just getting started, baby, and the excitement is just starting out. So, Richmond, ball game. I want to thank both of y'all. We'll be back next week, same Finside time, same Finside channel, when we dive back in with y'all and we see all y'all right back here at the finish line. Until then, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. I'll see all y'all tomorrow night for Fin Too Deep 
with Neil Driscoll, where we'll have much more on Fangio, as well as breaking down the salary cap and showing all y'all how easy it is to create money. Tune in. See y'all tomorrow night. Fins up, everyone. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.